when dog owners see how effective positive reinforcement-based dog training can be, they often ask us at School for the Dogs, will this work on my spouse? They might think they're asking a silly question, but they're not. Dog training techniques rooted in the science of behavior will work on people, and I've written a little ebook on the subject that you can get for free at schoolforthedogs.com people. I promise I do not suggest anything that involves feeding your human loved ones milk bones. I hope this primer on positive reinforcement and how to use it with people and set up our learners for success will leave you wagging your proverbial tail. Check it out in the show notes or find it at schoolforthedogs.com people. I am here with client turned friend, <laughs> uh, Meredith Witty. Meredith, thank you so much for being on this segment of Best Pet Ever. You do have one of the best pets ever. Um, why don't you uh, just introduce yourself and, and then we can go ahead and, and talk about the lovely Miss Roma. Oh, gosh. I mean, I can talk about Roma for hours. So. <laughs> It was, um, it's always so fun to talk to you, Annie. And uh, you made such a big impact in my life. um, I mean, when I got Roma, I didn't know what I was doing. So (laughs) I think of you as this person who like, kind of saved me in this moment of crisis, which not that getting a puppy is a crisis, but for me, it was such a big deal. And I was so concerned that I was <laughs> going to do it wrong. And uh, you reassured me so much and gave me the tools I needed uh, to raise Roma up, you know, and oh. enjoy the whole process. Oh, well, pshaw. <laughs> That's sweet of you. I just, I know the first time we met, I remember, I remember sitting uh, on the floor in your apartment with you and you were holding Roma and you were crying. And you had just gotten her like you had just gotten her like the day before, and yep. uh, I kind of remember thinking like you know she's really emotional, but you know what? That's not unreasonable. Like this is totally uh, within the normal <laughs> spectrum of responses someone could have when they're first getting a puppy, and she's gonna be fine. and I lived in New York for 10 years and I'm a producer and I decided one day I was really ready for a dog. I was in my 30s and I lived alone in a studio apartment in Manhattan and I didn't want just any dog. I wanted a border collie. So. Yeah, now that's that's a, that's where I think you're a little nuts. <laughs> So how did that come about? Now, did you grow up with Border Collies? Well, so kind of, yeah. My grandfather had a ranch in Texas, and they always had two or three dogs. And um, the majority of them were usually Border Collies. Some were German Shepherds. But I grew up uh, around them. So, uh, you know, whenever I'd go visit or, like, during college. My my childhood dog growing up was kind of a 
a mix. It was probably like an Aussie mix, like just a good old Southern nut, you know, but she, (laughs) she, she looked kind of like that type of dog. And, but there, my grandfather had this, this border collie, a black and white one named Amelia. And I just remember being very attached to her, just thinking she was the sweetest and she was so smart and she was pretty old by the time I was in high school, but she made an impact. And then when I, before I got a dog, I did a lot of research and I realized one of the things that was attracting me to, to uh, becoming a dog owner was the dog, was dog training. Like, I just thought it was amazing this connection that people could have with their animals. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to experience. And so in my research, it was sort of between an Aussie and a Border Collie because that was the type of dog I wanted. I wanted an energetic dog that was eager to learn. And, um, and I just, I landed on border collie for all those reasons. And you weren't put off by this, this, uh, breed that is so smart and so physically active and knowing that you lived in a pretty small space. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? It's probably because of my interactions with Amelia. She was so calm and sensitive and um, kind of reassuring that uh, I guess I didn't, I never thought of Border Collies as these hyper dogs that were anxious all the time, which I know is a something, is a, a totally fair stereotype for some. Well, I, I, I don't know if I would put it that way. And I, I generally, for better or worse, shy away from making grand generalizations about breeds because in my experience uh every dog is an individual although they they may have That's certain right. traits That's- related to certain breeds but border collies are are dogs who were bred to to work and to work with people and are dogs that therefore um you know they're not like couch potatoes uh yeah <laughs> and they're meant to um be, be just physically active and mentally active. And uh, I think that for a lot of people living with that kind of dog in a studio apartment by themselves working full time, it would not be a good match. I say that though, knowing that uh, you were, were a good match. Yeah. Well, you know, my research on border collies, I, I figured out there were different types of border collies. There's the, the serious working uh, border collies. And then there's border collies that, um, I guess for better or worse, you describe them as a little more on the show dog side. And um, so I realized there were, there's going to be a broad range of uh, energy levels, even within the breed. So you're totally right. Like you shouldn't stereotype any breed. And I thought, well, maybe if I find a border collie that that wasn't like just from like a work like a working stock dog, that it might be a better fit. It would still have a lot of the border collie qualities that I was looking for, but not be a dog that was going to <laughs> get so frustrated in uh, in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really, um, I really wanted a puppy because I just, I wanted to learn and train from a, a puppy age because I hadn't had that experience before, and I thought that would be a great way to bond with the little dog. Mm-hmm. 
So I reached out to, I think, seven different rescues in the New York City area. And to be, I don't blame them at all. None of them were interested in uh, letting me adopt a Border Collie because I was a single person living in a studio high rise in Manhattan. And but it and it was, they probably didn't have puppies anyway, did they? Um, they were young enough. Like I was, oh, they were? would have been fine with like you know I would have been fine with a six month dog or something like that. I just didn't. I was wasn't looking for a senior dog. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. younger. So, um, anyway, I wasn't having any any luck, and it was really frustrating. And I was dating this guy at the time who wasn't from New York. And he was like, well, why don't you just like go online and get the dog that you want? (laughs) Which did not seem rational to me at the time. But I did, I started doing research and I did find a breeder who um, only has like a very small breeder, only has like one litter a year and is really careful about, you know, her lines and really cares for her dogs. In fact, we're still good friends. We Facebook all the time. Anytime I have questions about Roma, she's right there. And uh, she's been a really great part of my kind of journey of raising Roma. So yeah, so I, I reached out. I found her on, I guess it was Petfinder. I don't know. It was one of those websites. And that's and we started talking and I checked her all out. And when she sent me that first video of Roma, I just started crying. And I was like, that's my dog. <laughs> it was one of those moments where I just, you just know, you know. Wow. So what's Roma like? How would you describe Roma to someone who's never met her? Roma is attentive and smart. She's sensitive and... Uh, gentle, and she's uh, she is focused on whatever activity <laughs> is in front of her. She's a hard worker. I would mm-hmm. say she's a hard worker. This is hard, Annie. This is like really. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sweating so much. You're sweating. <laughs> I'm like really nervous. Aww. <laughs> I think it's very. Um, I think it's very vulnerable. Oh my god, you're gonna have to cut this mm. part out. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's like vulnerable. That's true. To talk about. Um, it's okay. Wow. I think I think it feels vulnerable because it's um, dogs are with us for relatively short periods in our lives and know us like no other person knows us. You know. No, I just, you know, I mean, I got Roma from a, a breeder, but I feel like, you know, Roma found me. And I know that sounds whatever. She just, she was the right dog at the right time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just sounds crazy. It sounds crazy that I got a a single woman in New York City in a studio apartment wanted a border collie puppy and yet and made it, it work and it worked so well and Roma had the best life in New York City <laughs> well that's what i was going to say like let's talk practically speaking like what what 
Now, now you you recently moved to LA, but living with her in New York City, what did you need to do in order to to give her a good life? Well, first thing I had to do was learn how to have a puppy, which that's where you came in. And I had to learn how to train a dog, which your school for the dogs came in. And I so I took a lot of those kind of classes. I had to learn how to crate train. And then it also, um, I had a neighbor. So like the weekend I got Roma, this person knocked on my door and said, do you have a puppy in there? And she just became one of my best friends and was instrumental in uh, raising Roma in New York City, for sure. I could not have done it without Allie. Um, I just didn't know how much help I was going to need. And it ended up just being the best because I made a great friend and it's all really due to Roma. So, um, so you, I, I know you brought her to the park. Uh, so Central Park, you can take dogs off leash before 9 a.m. or after 9 p.m. They can just be off leash and there's a lot of areas of the park where they can run. And what I found is the dogs that go to Central Park and are off leash during those hours are all friendly and well-behaved, and I've had great experiences there. Far better than I have in, like, dog parks, actually. And uh, so I started taking Roma there right away, but I didn't take her off leash, you know, until her recall was really strong. So probably, she was probably eight or nine months before I really took her off leash in Central Park. How did you, how did you get her there? Just a cab, you know? And uh, on a Saturday morning at 7.30 in the morning, there's no traffic. So it was pretty fast. 10-minute, 12-minute cab ride straight up 2nd Avenue, and you pretty much hit the park. I would do that on weekends. During the week, I, especially the first two years of her life, I did a lot of classes at your school. And we did the puppy, I did the puppy daycare I, a lot. And... I would, uh, I had a dog walker if I couldn't take her with me to work. And I also, she went to work with me a lot. So I'm fortunate enough that I, a lot of the places I worked, I could just take Roma and they loved having her. But all the, the reason she could go to work with me is because of all the training I was doing. So she learned, you know, the place command and she uh, would, you know, could settle when I needed her to settle which is really important if you're taking your dog to an office situation. She's fortunately very friendly and she's not aggressive toward people at all. And I've, it was, that was uh, really lucky, but I did. Um, it was it, when she was a little puppy, you know, and you're walking through the streets of New York, I can remember everybody wanting to come up and touch her. And if, you know, something I sort of learned with Roma was boundaries with people. And so I, it was a lot easier for me to say, no, you can't touch my dog right now. <laughs> and so it, in, in a sense, I was learning um, a better way of interacting with people through Roma. Right. And people so don't understand that it's not about them. It's about your, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like people are like, oh, well, I'm good with dogs. I'm like, I don't care that you're good with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely did learn to, you know, people also, also have this desire for every time you're walking your dog for 
dogs to say hi to each other. And I, mm, mm-hmm. I just really push against that because I would, and, and I think I also learned this, you know, in your classes too, just, just walking past other dogs with Romana leash just calmly is that was one of the best skills she learned. She, you know, seeing another dog on the street does not mean um, you go up and, and greet the other dog. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll say this about having a dog in New York city. We practice that every single time we left the apartment. <laughs> you know, if there's anything about raising your dog in New York city, it's they become socialized very early in life, very quickly, um, for better or worse. You know, she, we were always practicing that we were always practicing walking past other dogs and we're always practicing, uh, when, when, it was appropriate. And when I was like, good with it, greeting other strange dogs and greeting people. And I'm forever grateful that I actually raised Roma there because she is good in so many situations. One way though, that Roma has shown her smarts to me is how quickly she picks up just like tricks and and fun stuff. So I was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the tricks and fun stuff that, that you've taught her. Gosh, um, she's so fast to pick things up and she wants to learn so badly that um, I, I have trouble keeping up with her. I always say that I am Roma's only limitation in life. And I will say part of having a border collie in New York is that she was a priority in my life, still is. Um, I make decisions around her. I make um, just like, you know, she's not a, she's not a child, but she is in the same way you would with a child. I make decisions about where I want to live and my lifestyle and, you know, and that was all on purpose. And I knew I was going to do that before I got her. So I make time to train her, especially those first two years. They were just critical. Um, it was trained. I called it two years hard labor with Roma because it was every day was a training day in in my book. And I think it's why she's so easy now. So what did that look like? Did that look like coming home from work and setting aside an hour to do training? And and what, like, how did you even figure out what you wanted to train? It could, or it might, it would, every time, every moment I was with her, I was thinking about what I was teaching her. You know, if the TV was on, was I, what kind of conditioning was happening? Was, um, when we went for a walk, what kind of, what was I conditioning her to? I never, you know, anytime she saw birds and she, I would encourage her to look the other way, you know, not chase the birds or the squirrels or, and so it's constantly having treats on you. Right. And it's, um, fortunately Roma is food motivated, which I think not all border collies are, not all dogs are right. But, um, she's pretty food motivated. So I, that was a really easy way to train her and to just teach her what kind of behaviors I was looking for in particular environments. So sometimes if I took her to work, I was kind of doing two jobs. I was training Roma at the same time I was doing my job, um, which not everyone can do. But for me, it was that was what I was doing for two years. And, mm-hmm. and I got, I think, pretty good results. So she, she learned. Yeah, it really did. And 
it was, yeah, it was, if she didn't come to work with me, it was really getting her exercise when I came home. Uh, there were, there, you know, there was also a field near the house, right, through, through the ball. Um, sometimes to my neighbor's <laughs> uh, frustration, I would play with her in the hallway as quietly mm-hmm. as possible. Um, having my next door neighbor be my friend, like, gosh, we got, we got her so much exercise between the two apartments. So um, all those things, some of the fun tricks I was able to do in my tiny, you know, 500 square foot studio apartment or whatever. Uh, there's so much you can do in a small space with a dog. And one thing I learned from you was that the mental stimulation was as important as the physical stimulation, especially for a dog like Roma. So just doing things like teaching her to count or, uh, oh, a crowd favorite is getting, she got me a beer out of the fridge. <laughs> I was trying to think of a gift to give my dad for Christmas. And my dad was a Southern gentleman and he grew up where dogs lived outside. You know, you didn't have a dog inside and, but he loved Roma and, you know, she was about nine months at this point. And he, whenever he saw her, he would be like, Roma, you're just a dog. You're just a dog and in a, like a really cute way, you know? Like reminding and, reminding everybody that even though she had the the luxuries of uh, a New York City lifestyle with someone devoted to her happiness, like yes, yeah, and she, she, got she all should know her place, but in a funny way. <laughs> yeah, in a funny way. Yeah, in a you know in a, in a really cute way. And so I I one of the things I learned in training was that you can put a, anything on a cue, and the cue can be anything you know, you want any hand signal, any word, it doesn't have to sit, doesn't have to be sit, right? It can be anything. So um, uh, just a, a common trick is um, like hide your face with a dog where they put their paw on their nose and kind of bend their head down. And I just thought it looks a little bit like the dog is being <laughs> ashamed. <laughs> and so I thought, wouldn't it be funny if, you know, when my dad says, Roma, you're just a dog, if she like hides her face. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I taught her that trick with just a little piece of tape on her nose and she would start, you know, eventually she hit the tape with her paw and then you click on it and then, you know, you shape it from there. And then I put the cute, you're just a dog. And that's a big crowd pleaser too. But the best part of the story is on Christmas day, I said, dad here, you know, um, Roma has a Christmas present for you. Uh, and I whispered in his ear what to say, and I have it all on video. And he he says, you're just a dog, and she does it. <laughs> and she's like nine months old. And I think it was maybe the best gift I ever gave him. Aww. Until he passed, that was, he always had her do that trick in front of everyone. He just, he thought it was the funniest thing. So, you know, she uh, puts her paws up on a table and then hides her face there. I call that say your prayers. Yeah. So it's like she's out uh-huh. <laughs> So that one is a crowd pleaser too, but maybe the easiest one that she does the most often is like a lady. That is where she's laying on the ground and just crosses her legs. But you know, <laughs> it, it, what's fun about it is putting it on a a funny cue like that, right? So, like a lady, and she crosses her legs, and she doesn't do it gently. She like slams her paw across the other one, almost like she's. <laughs> like here's your lady (laughs) 
describe the work we did teaching her to count because I'd actually never done that before and it was a lot of fun. That was interesting. It, it was new for all of us, including Roma. So that in, gosh, that, feel, that was a while ago. So I had, um, I bought a bunch of tennis balls so we could have different amounts of tennis balls and um, I was showing numbers on my fingers. So like one finger or two or three and we got up to five. And oh, I don't, I don't remember doing it with the tennis balls with you, but I'm here interested to hear about it. What I remember doing is teaching, like, oh, the starting out, yeah, starting out with like one finger held out that with one, like one finger held out in one hand and two fingers held out on the other hand, and um, teaching her to target uh, one or the other, and then adding the cue to that, basically. Right. Isn't so that how we did it. Yes, that is how we did it. I. I then moved on to do tennis balls. <laughs> um, but that was just associating the same number, same word with um, with the tennis balls. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it started with like, I'd hold up a finger and maybe two fingers and be like two, two, and then one, one. And then you hold up one hand with one finger and one with two. And you say one, you say one or two and see if she, you know, touches the correct hand. So. And she was able to, to differentiate up until five. Oh yeah. She's got till five pretty quickly. Um, And, you know, you're like, okay, well, she gets it, she gets it more than 50% right though. So I, I legitimately, she knows um, what she's doing. When Roma messes up a trick, it's because she gets so excited because she wants to do tricks so badly um but if she calms down and you can tell she's think she's thinking and not just reacting then mm-hmm. she almost always gets it right uh i i would love eventually maybe if we're living in the same place or even remotely we can do more of that stuff because i i think teaching um differentiation is just so much fun and it's so interesting to see how to just sort of yeah. watch dogs learn in that way i um I love- I was so inspired by that book Chaser, the Border Collie Chaser, before I got Roma, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just how animals can learn uh, through the process of elimination. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a little bit what we're doing with the counting sometimes. Uh, well, Ken Ramirez is is sort of the guru of teaching counting to dogs, and what he's done is to teach a dog to match. Um, you know, one dot to uh, a plate that has one ball on it versus a plate that has five balls on it versus a plate that has seven balls on it, or um, teach the dog to indicate the uh, something that a piece of paper, say, that has five dots on it to indicate that there's five yellow things on the tray versus seven red things. Um, and he's gotten dogs to count, uh, I believe all the way up doing that kind of thing all the way up to 13 or 14, um, running into problems after that with, but with the, uh, the guess that dogs may not be able to count beyond that, uh, so easily, but below that is sort of how many puppies they might have. Oh, interesting. 
So wasn't, there's not a lot of purpose for them to be counting more than <laughs> they would need to to make sure that they all the puppies are there. I've heard of, uh, you know, sheep uh, herding dogs actually being able to identify sheep based on a number spray painted on the side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe is isn't so much counting as just like they the I've heard of shepherds showing like the number fifteen and then the the dog can go identify which sheep is number fifteen. Right. So it's just associating like the yeah. not the true image. Count. Right. Did you do reading with her? We did try a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's something I would imagine she would pick up very quickly, which, again, it's just about associating uh, shapes, in this case, the shape of words, with um, with an action. And uh, the you can use – I think the app I used to use was called Big Words um, mm-hmm. on the iPad. I mean, you could also just do it with a piece of paper and a pen. But what's nice about doing it on the iPad is it looks very consistent. It's very high contrast, and you can quickly scroll from – uh, one page to another with, you know, one page saying sit and one page saying down, or you could use an icon of a dog sitting on one page, an icon of a dog laying down on the other page, but just sort of swiping back and forth um, and adding a cue, which is just the process of saying, you know, showing the thing and then saying the word and a dog like Roma, who's super quick, very quickly is going to be like, oh, every time she shows me that word that looks like that, she then asks me to do this thing. Uh, so I could just get my get my yummies faster by just doing the thing. Um, that is, uh, those are, yeah, those are all good things that we've tried, and I'm excited to do more of that. Some of that, and those are also great examples of indoor training that you just don't need much space for, and right. it's very easy to do in New York City. My right. other favorite indoor, you know, rainy day game was. Um, you know, uh, scent work. So, Oh yeah. What's um, that? How start- do you do that with her? Tell me. Yeah. Uh, I started with, um, her finding a tea bag and mm-hmm. you, so you, I have her, I had her go sit in another room, maybe the kitchen or the bathroom. This is back in my old tiny apartment. And I would show her the tea bag, like put it near her nose. Um, and I'd say, this is it. And then I have her stay. And then I would go and put the tea bag somewhere in the other room and you start very easy. Right. And then, well, actually this is, I guess when I first started, I would hide it under a cloth right in front of her. So she would start, you know, just learn the idea of using her nose and, and as soon as she would put her nose on the tea bag, I would click and give her a treat. So the next level is she goes into the bathroom and I show her the tea bag. She stays and I put it somewhere very easy to find and then I would go back and I say, find it. And then she she goes and hunts for the teabag. And eventually you just, you keep upping the ante, right? And so it's um, behind the chair leg and then it's up on top of the desk or <laughs> in harder and harder places. And um, it's, a, it's really fun. Great game. What's funny too is I basically play the same game with Magnolia, my daughter. <laughs> Yeah. She, well, she loves playing hide and seek, but she's really, really bad at it. Uh, like she'll her 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 version of hide and seek is like lying face down on her bed if that's hiding. <laughs> like, <laughs> like like if she can't see me, then I obviously can't see her. Um, 
it's very cute. Um, and uh, and if I hide and I hide too well, then she gets really scared. And uh, you know, we're always getting things in the mail and things from Amazon. It's when she does get something. I mean, it's like a pair of socks or something that I got for her. Like, I'll make her go in the other room and then I'll hide it under the couch pillow or something. And she oh, has to go find it. <laughs> I find I find I find similarly as with a smart dog with a toddler I'm I'm desperate often to turn anything into some kind of <laughs> some kind of activity to keep everybody everybody um, busy. I understand. Well, I also you know anything I'm doing around the house that I can basically have Roma do instead, I train her to do that. So she I trained her to put away her own toys. Um, she can also open up her drawer and get all her toys out. <laughs> Which is why I had to train her to then put them back. Um, I I just I'm always looking for things like that with her because, you know, she she needs things to keep her mind occupied. You know, use lots of work to eat toys, um, the ball that they push around for food, or the puzzles. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't they don't last very long, but it's a good short distraction. Does she have a favorite work to eat toy or a favorite a favorite? Uh, yeah, product? there's. A- uh, the tornado, I think it's the is it Nina Audison? Oh yeah, it's like a, the blue or yellow and green one that mm-hmm. I, spins I like around. That yeah, she has to pull the, the the bone toppers out, and then she spins it around with her nose. And mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy watching her do that one. Um, any any tips for someone considering getting a a border collie? Uh, well, it's going to take up a lot of your life. <laughs> a lot of like of the kind of space I would think a child would take up in your life if you're going to get a border collie. It's it's not. This is not a dog that. This is a dog that needs a lot of attention, and um, I'm happy to give it. She, you know, she wants to live life with me. She's not just. Um, she's not a dog that if I had a job five days a week away from home that I think would work very well. But fortunately that's not the kind of work I do. So she's almost, she's with me, especially with COVID, right? She's with me all day. So have a, have a way to exercise the dog every day, multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and be willing to put the time in to do that. That's really important. And, um, and hopefully I would say if you're a curious person, you know, then that might be a, a good dog for you because they are curious dogs and are just interested in learning and exploring everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And living in uh, LA versus living in New York City with, well, with a dog? I, Does LA, LA win this one? <laughs> you know, I will always have a soft spot for New York and I'm forever glad I raised her there. She I think they're just different, you know, they're both great, but different here. I have a car and I have a communal yard where just walk out the door and throw the ball. Um, but I don't have central park. There's no Mm -hmm. central park here. So it's, they're both, they're both great, but this is the best spot for us right now. I've made great friends with the neighbors and Roma is an instant hit in the courtyard. Um, and I mean, I even, Roma loves water, so I got her a little kiddie pool, and she has a Roma has her own pool in LA. <laughs> I feel like anybody, pe- people just have this idea that you can't have kids or dogs in New York, and I think you and I are examples of both where you definitely can. 
Yeah. And it's just a different lifestyle, but it's a great lifestyle. And one, maybe one last question if you're willing to talk about it, but you said something to me once about dating with having a dog and sort of um, Mm -hmm. watching how people you dated treated your dog. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's your question? (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, how, how have you found that you've been able to vet people based on uh, people you've dated based on the way that they, they treat Roma or have you felt judged by people that uh, judged or, or the opposite, I guess, of judged by people Mm -hmm. based on your, your, the way you are with, uh, with Roma? Oh, that's interesting. Um, not judged in, in dating. I think, you know, Roma, (laughs) Roma loves all people. She's very friendly and she particularly loves men. Mm -hmm. And so, but what's interesting is how different people I've dated, different men I've dated have responded to her. And it, it is something I look for. And I, I don't, I'm more careful now with when I bring her in because sometimes I was taking her on like a first coffee date or something, but there are some guys that are just kind of, if they're uncomfortable around her, it's, it's good to know early, you know, that's not going to work out. You know, I, I got to the point in dating before I met Jason where I was like, I'm just going to put my worst foot forward because <laughs> <laughs> I want this person to, to like me at my worst. So. I sort of have gotten to the point, though, where I feel like I don't think you get to meet Roma yet. <laughs> you know, you mm. have to get to her first. She's a privilege. Um, yeah. She is a privilege. And uh, and she's a huge part of my life. And, and also, I'm, I'm if not everybody's interested in, in having a dog in their life the way that I am, you know, she's mm-hmm. integrated is the best way I can put it. She, Roma is integrated into my life. Um, so people are always surprised when I take her on a vacation with me or like I was in Vegas last weekend and people are like, you took your dog to Vegas. I'm like, well, yeah, (laughs) it's, it was, Roma was in the, Roma was in the cosmopolitan, you know, did she she gamble? Did you gamble with her? (laughs) I I have video of Roma (laughs) pushing the slot machine. (laughs) No, really? Yeah. I gotta put a, I gotta put a video together for her site, but yeah, I (laughs) This is, and you know, I think she was really great in the casino, which again, I attribute to her years in New York City. Like it wasn't as overwhelming for her as it would have been if she'd kind of grown up in the suburbs. Well, I I know at one time you said you went out with a guy who like talked to her in a way that you were like, you can't talk to my dog like that. He was a little aggressive with her. And he was, he was, um, it was like he was frustrated when she didn't come the moment he called. And I'm like, you just met her. Ah, uh, yeah, interesting. You expect her to listen to you and and come at your beck and call. So, uh, yeah, that was a red flag for me. Because <laughs> who meets a dog and then immediately expects the dog to obey them? Mm-hmm. Well, people have different understandings of like what a well behaved dog is or what it should be. Um, I don't know. Someone came over the other day, and and Poppy, who still has fears about people um entering our apartment uh a par- poppy barked at her and she made some sort of comment of like wow you wouldn't think a dog trainer would have a dog who would do something like that no um, 
I, I don't think I don't think she meant it in like a, a mean way. I think she was just surprised and uh, which I, I guess I get because, you know, people people think that someone who's a dog trainer or who, who you know, is just into training their dogs. They have a picture of like what a perfect dog should be like, whereas I feel like I have a more more nuanced view of of um, of the picture, I guess. Well, um, well sure. I mean, just. If your kid cries, it doesn't mean you're a bad parent, you know? Right. right. <laughs> I, people, I think there can be a lot of judgment around around uh, what and to, exactly what you're saying, a well-behaved dog is. And um, and dogs bark. and Dogs bark, yep. <laughs> and dogs poop sometimes <laughs> in places you don't want <laughs> The way dogs come into your life and there's a million ways it can happen but the, it's always special and it always feels meaningful and yeah it's just however they come into your life is special and something to be celebrated and it, and it, it's it's an emotional thing when because at the time it was emotional but I didn't have any clue how much she was going to change my life she, I've grown as a person and I'm a better version of myself because of Roma. And I I mean that genuinely. That's so that's so sweet and it's so uh, it's so um true that um I mean having a getting Amos changed my life in, in ways that I could could not or would not have predicted. And uh, Which- and I vivid I vividly remember when I first got him and he was sitting on my lap and I, I was in the, my mom was driving the car. I was in the passenger seat holding him thinking like, what if I don't like him? <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Which, you know, kind of it's the same thing with, with, you know, now that I've had children, you, you just get this, you know, little being plopped, plopped in your lap and you know nothing about them. Um, but I guess part of what, part of what love is, is, is the experience of spending the time and getting to know them. And how can you not, how can you not fall in love? I think that's, that's really honest. I appreciate you sharing that because I never worried about that with Roma. Like the minute she was put in my arms, I of course cried because I cry all the time. And (laughs) But I was just so scared. I was so Mm. scared I was going to do it wrong. Mm. I was so scared that, you know, I'd made so many mistakes. I felt like, as I had learned about in my research for Roma, I had, you know, researched dog training and everything long before I got her. I realized, oh, I I did it wrong with my dog growing up. and I didn't want to make those mistakes again. And I wanted to give her the life that I felt like she deserved. And Why did you feel like you did it wrong? Growing up? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, she was a backyard dog and I think I used the crate as punishment instead of, I did punishment instead of like, mm-hmm. you know, positive reinforcement because I, I just didn't know anything about that type of dog training. That's um, so interesting. I never, never thought about that I was going to do it wrong or right or anything. I mean, didn't I didn't think of um, training as something that could be done right or wrong until I 
it's which seems so backwards now until i was like i think i want to work with dogs for a living and being a dog trainer seems like the the best way to do that you know walking dogs is is not going to be uh interesting enough for me but training dogs could be and you know being a vet is was not something i thought i wanted to be it just seemed like like the job made sense and Mm -hmm. and uh and it, it was only sort of after I settled on, like, this is what I want to do as a job that I actually started to think about what dog training actually was. But yeah. um, but I also, I mean, I, I think I was a lucky person who had a dog that didn't require a huge amount of training and didn't require, um, you know, like he was just kind of an adaptable, affable, amiable guy. Um, you know, uh, who was smart, but he wasn't, he, you know, didn't have the busy mind of a border collie. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people come to dog training either because they have a a sort of over, overly smart dog, we could say, or they have, or more, more likely they have a dog who has, um, issues existing in whatever the environment is that, um, that that they're being asked to live in. Anyway, I think you guys have really, you guys have a have a beautiful relationship. You really like each one of you found the other one in, in the perfect way at the perfect time. You can follow Roma and Meredith on Instagram at Roma Love Pup. Special thanks to Bill and Lizzie of Toast Garden for their version of Love is Strange. You can find them on YouTube, youtube.com slash toastgarden. And just a reminder that through the end of February, we are offering free virtual consults to new clients. If you would like to talk to one of our trainers, you can sign up at schoolforthedogs.com slash free content. Sylvia!